All right, and we're live here. And we're live here. So welcome back. And it's three to eight. So starting a little late. Nevertheless, we'll get started. I'm going to shoot out a quick message. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think the Reds going to be too bad. Week. Are you keeping back? Wasn't it showing me week 30? Week 30. No, we're joking. All right, awesome. Uh, let's see what's in the news. There was some... Um, Stuff over the weekend I was listening to about businesses in this climate, and it's uh, it's now the third time I've heard about people taking a skill, taking that skill to the next step by saying, I've done this and this skill, and here's how I've done it. Here it is for you to do. So whether that looks like one-on-one uh, -on -one teaching in person or whether that looks like a webinar that you then sell and you've recorded, pre-recorded, so people can just buy it and take it at their leisure. That's been a business. The scooters and bike rental, even if you have a small shop where you're renting those out, you don't have to be another big company like Bird or Lime. Those things are far and away gonna be an opportunity for smaller metropolitans for you to bring in they're saying that people are going to rent those things increasingly. I know here in South Bend we have Lime scooters, and I've been riding them, and I see more and more people riding them. And I, and I guess it's going to take them to understand how to use them, what they're going to use them for. Uh, let's see, what was the other one? And the third one I heard about... So live webinars. Oh, and then the Amazon resell, which has been around. Uh, more and more people apparently are starting to do that and get the idea that you can buy something on one platform, resell it on another, like Amazon, where the prices are a little higher, or buy something on Wish, wait a few weeks, and then buy it on Amazon, go to a garage sale, buy some stuff, sell it on Amazon or buy something on eBay and then sell it on Amazon. Uh, I heard that one again for a, a multiple time. So these things are being talked about. Um, that's what I was listening to over the weekend. Let's check out what BetaKit has. Cheers to the morning coffee. Oh, shit. Startup Shops of the Week, HelloFresh, Interface Wave, and, and Funding. Oh, no, and, excuse me, and Shoelace. All right. There's another FinTech, just like last week. Fit the FinTech Times, 29 British, 2019's British FinTech Boom, Canadian Agro Food Network receives uh, 50 million to develop agritech solutions. Here in Indiana, we have Agronovus, which is part of the 
the breakup of the six uh, uh, Connexus is another one. What the hell is that? Uh, Public-private partnership. Uh, Indiana, this Indiana. So Connexus is and Agronovus are two of the two of the programs that came out of a broader program that is escaping me right now. Um, this is CICP, yes. The Central Indiana Corporate Partnership, that's right. The CICP, the Central Indiana Corporate Partnership with Agrinovis, Ascend, BioCrossroads, Connexus, Energy Systems Network, and TechPoint. Those are the six that came out of CICP. Uh, Agrinovis, though, is doing something similar to what it looks like is happening in Canada. Canadian Agri-Food Network receives $50 million to develop ag tech solutions. And really just focusing on that ag tech. The Canadian Agri-Food Automation Intelligence Network, a 108 million project aimed at developing exportable farming solutions, has received, received an investment of up to, uh, it's actually 49.5 million from the federal government. And it just makes so much sense. Not, not many people know the idea of farming being one that gets you to the next step technology-wise. So sitting in a combine, driving down the field, you're really tracking on GPS where you're going, dropping pins along the way of different plants you're seeing that got enough water, not enough water, The whatever the, the makeup of the plant is, you can drop a pin in a different category saying, this is an issue area, or this is somewhere we wanna look at, or there's a weed, or there's an open spot that didn't get seeded. All those things that you want to track, uh, the technology in the combine has to be there. The GPS has to be there. The lo location, the wayfinding, those different points of contact have to be there. So someone has to develop that tech, and it could be you. That's obviously a very limited scope of farming and agriculture that I gave. That's just an example, though, right? There's the... There's the indoor farming. This investment is being made through the Stream 4, the Strategic Innovation Fund, program designed to attract support, high-quality business investments in Canada's most dynamic and innovative sectors. Sounds good. Love to read more about that and see what that's going to bring. Let's see. So more and more investment in agriculture. I'll link over to the CICP's website for those interested in what's going on here in Indiana.
anyone else know about things going on or have things going on in agriculture in their area? I'd love to hear more about it. Or you can check out our, let's see, techcoffee.org. That's another thing that's happening. Latest. Let's see who's saying what. All right. Techcoffee.org. We'll post all of the links here. Let's see. Here's the Canadian story. Beta kit. Mm -hmm. Agronovus. And the CICP in Agronovus, that's over here at CICPindiana.com. Yeah, CICP. I'm trying to get all around. You want to meet through lunch and then you can bug out? Or let's do that. I mean, I've got my lunch. Let's see, CICP, Indiana. Well, we got that all right, so a little more ag business going on. Getting the startup of the week, news, startup news of the week. Let's see what they have to say. Let's see what Mashable's rocking over here. Start from the news of the week, 721. This was uh, Welcome to Startup News Story of the Week. Ontario Accelerator and Flux after government lapses on CLA program funding. Oh, there's some accelerators and flux. CLA program funding. It's the CLAs. New data on Montreal startup ecosystem shows need for investment and in scaling capital. Investments in scaling and capital. Okay. Impact center updates. My will list reflects 20 big rounds. Rob Marin wants to replicate wave success at Ploto. And there's some milestones. Learning code receives 9 million. Canada's learning code. That's crazy. There's so many code learning resources out there. People more building on how to learn code and processes. Looks to me more like training and, and there's opportunities for training. There's opportunities for learning. The focus on code seems to be not only a buzz niche because it's code and it's the wave of the future, even though the future is here, uh, the idea of 
code and you just having that in your portfolio, something you've done or a program you've offered, it seems to me like a, a wellness package for a big corporation. So your insurance company now offers a wellness package. So you check that box of offering for your insurance packages and your premiums are lower or something to that effect. This we've learned how to code. Uh, let's, let's bring out some actual meaningful learnings so that the end result is people who can actually do development and things that improve the lives of themselves or others, or they can follow their passions through their, their new skills. Learning code, Canada's learning code initiative that specializes in digital literacy education has received 9 million federal government as a part of the second phase of its can code investment. All right, so Canada code seems to be a thing. Let's see what that's all about. Uh, Canada, let's see. Not the flux story. This is, yeah. Canada learning code. Here's that story for those of you following along. Grab some coffee here. There's a small group of folks gathering in the plaza here. And I'm curious to know what it's for. One of those things that just happens that uh, not everyone knows about. And if people didn't, more people did know about, they'd probably go to or do. <laughs> hey guys. Mm. Nevertheless, promotion, word of mouth is a thing. Let's see, did I just do? Yes, Canada's learning code. So can code, let's check out what that's all about. Code assessment criteria. Kincode.us, please, please. Is this really a thing? <laughs> can code. <coughs> Can Code is a group of high school students in Palm Beach, California, Palm Beach County, Florida, committed to teaching elementary students computer program through engaging workshops. So it's more like can you code <laughs> US. Let's see what Canada's initiative called Can Code uh, is all about. Innovation, science, and economic development. Canada. Innovation, Science, and Economic Development Canada. First two years of CanCode provide proved to be a huge success, reaching over 1.3 million students and over 61,000 teachers and still counting. We're pleased to announce that we're extending CanCode to build on that success. When was this written? Budget 2017's Innovation and Skills Plan advances the agenda to build Canada as a wor world-leading innovation economy that will create good jobs for and grow the middle class. One of the key pillars of this plan 
is skills and ensuring young Canadians get the skills and experience they need to kickstart their careers. So it's interesting that <clears throat> focused on young Canadians, this young play still annoys me that there are a whole bunch of middle-class folks who could get skilled up, especially with the changing economy and a whole bunch of folks who are uh, retiring and finding out that it's boring after a couple years of doing nothing, finding out that they're not going to sit on a beach and they're now looking for something to do. And Walmart greeters doesn't sound as interesting. So they're looking for a job, an activity, a volunteer, blah, blah, blah. They're looking for something to do, some way to engage. And then we're allowing those 30 years of experience, these uh, retirees, 30, 40 years of experience to just sit there, go by the wayside. We're not re-engaging these folks uh, when they have another 30 years to live, right? They have another 30 years to give our economy in this world. And we're saying young people, I think there's a, a huge opportunity there for initiatives like this, Can Canada, to engage not young people because it's easy because they go to school every day and I can just contact the schools, right? That's the easy thing to do. Uh, let's start there and then let's engage that that middle workforce, uh, that middle class, and then let's engage the retirees who are now looking for something to do. It's amazing how ancient cultures had multi-generational groups and how they seem to thrive and how we just forget stuff like that when we come up with new initiatives. We don't make the connecting links uh, between people who have the experience and people who are looking to gain experience. So I'll link over to Canada's Can Code initiative. That's great. Love to see that. They even have they have contact information for the CAN code program. Phone, fax, TTY, email, hours, and a mailing address. That's amazing. That's amazing. And a chat now. What does this do? There's a chat now link on a government website. <laughs> yep. Type in your name, email address, phone number. Oh, and all you need is your name. And I can start chat. And I'm, whoa. Oh, it's 8.30 to 5 Eastern Standard Time. Want to send us an email? Here's a link. Wow. Literally a chat with different programs. They have a little YouTube link. This is cute. Today we live in a world, a digital world. There's a little robot and then a young girl on a laptop. That's great. This extension will see an additional 60 million invested over the next two years, starting in 2019, 2020. It's great to engage Canadian students, kindergarten to grade 12, to learn digital skills, including coding, data analytics, and digital content development. 
that's something I saw in teaching where we would give students technology and expect that they already know how to use it. We still need to teach folks software. We still need them to understand the landscape of interconnected apps or digital content creation and then how to share that out because now it's less the version and uh, or, or now it's less this this piece of who owns it it's more here's a version of the content and what's the latest version just like in design you're never really done it's just here's the latest version and we think we're at the uh 80% complete right the 80 20 rule where hey we think we got 80% of it go ahead and take a look give us some feedback we'll go ahead and push it through and say that this version is what we like, or this version is what we want to make public. And then it's a constant working document. Uh, it's a little more difficult nowadays because you have to say, this is, this is the latest version of the working document that we'll push out. We could always continue, we can always do more. Right now though, we're going, we're going to say, we're happy with it. So investing in code and digital literacy in Canada, 9 million, another 60 over the next two years. It'll be interesting stuff about how to, how you get that money, who gets that money, is it a learning institution, does it have to be the schools, is it all about programming or can it be hardware, is it only going to the schools or is it going to the teachers? How, does the, how do those funds get deployed is then the conversation. And uh, I know here in the states, uh, the, the state the state government has a lot of say and then how schools can earn money that the state has from the federal government. Those sorts of things really are, I don't want to say convoluted. They're just very focused on the system set up in between the students, the student learners, and the initiatives that politicians are pushing forward. And sometimes they're aligned, sometimes they're on par with what students are going to be walking into in their everyday lives. Hopefully that continues to be, hopefully that continues to get more and more aligned. New, another story, new data on Montreal startup ecosystem shows need for investments in scaling capital. Let's see what this is about. Scaling capital, here's the link. That's done, and here's the link on this one. Oh, uh, here is the code, Canada code, Canada code link. ic.gc.ca. Got it. We're 20 minutes in. 
got another 10 minutes. We'll pump this to half an hour. So this new digital literacy, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the investments in scaling, need capital startup ecosystem has been changing over the past number of years, 2015, startup genome ranked it amongst top 20 global ecosystems. Now things in the city are starting to pick up. This is great. So according to a recent report by Bonjour Startup Montreal, a startup genome regional partner, the city ranked 33 overall. Creating scale-up support. Found that more than 1,300 startups with more than 2,800 founders call Montreal home. The majority of those, 38%, are in the startup phase, with only 6% of the companies considered established. We'd like to compare with comparable cities, including Stockholm, Barcelona, Tel Aviv, Amsterdam, Toronto. We strongly believe that in the last five to 10 years, accelerated growth and development. Capital not available. Okay, here it is. One persisting issue for Montreal startup community, however, is capital. Bonjour's report found that funding is only available for a very small number of startups. Only 12% of startups received VC investment over the past year. Well, that's just VC, though. Okay, whatever. In 2018, one billion was invested in Montreal companies in a total of 74 investment rounds. However, 15 of these transactions received the majority of the money, collecting 89% of the total investment. Despite being the largest group, pre-startup and startup stage companies only brought in 3% of the distributed capital, according to Bonjour. The majority, in terms of number of investment rounds, were for seed stages, 26, bringing in 26 million. It was followed by 12 Series A, with more than 110, and 8 Series B, with a collective 94.5 million. The largest amount of capital, though, came from two private equity, there we go, Private equity rounds, which brought in more than 300 million, and two Series D deals with 180 million. This is a similar thing, you know, just mapping. I, I love this story. Actually, going through each of the series, how many, how many companies were a part of uh, a series like that, and then what's the total in capital that these companies were dealing with? Digging into those details of how it happened, who they spoke with, how they got connected to it, <coughs> what it took to close the round. I'd love to open that up even into how many different investors their round uh, comprised of. Um, if you want to understand or talk more about getting a, getting a lead investor in a round, that's uh, that's a whole conversation. Then getting the follow-on funding for a round once you've got your lead investor. Those sorts of things are entire areas of expertise and conversations, let alone the ecosystem itself and what's available. You know, what's even available? How do, how do you even start to engage with someone? If you have, a, for example, a, an education company like a, a training company that you want to do onboarding training or ongoing training and skill up training within your company uh, investors who believe in education and who are forward-thinking and aren't pigeonholed to public schools or charter schools or private schools they might be interested in education as it relates to people within the world that are people moving jobs or people moving to a new job within the same company and they could see 
your innovative education training company as a good way to invest in something that's on their heart or something that they believe has good upside. Uh, so you can play to someone's beliefs about how the world could work. You could play to someone's obvious financial return. Hey, we, we know we're going to do whatever X you're going to do. And so invest in our company, blah, blah, blah. Playing into an angel investor or private equity or some, some VC playing into what their KPIs are. That's an entire conversation and strategy uh, that needs laid out. On top of things like this within a community, how many rounds were done? How many companies within those rounds? Uh, how many investors were part of it? And what's the breakdown of, of the investment? This is something that I would like to see more of and, and talk more about. Um, so I'll link you over to that story. But it's great. I mean, that's great to see that Montreal has kind of the groundswell. And now as companies are growing, they're building in the different capital needs, probably networking needs, um, economies of scale, right? So maybe there's some more accountants that opened up. Maybe there's some more printers that opened up. Um, maybe there's some more office spaces. So commercial real estate hopefully was there. And hopefully then that, that mountain just grows, right? Maybe that summit grows too, the number of companies sitting at the top. All right. A couple more minutes. Let's dive into a different story. I'm going to pop over to Mashable, see what they have. BetaKit's given us some good stories this morning. 15 extremely controversial thoughts about cheese. All right. Why is DoorDash delivery workers usually prefer cash tips? Because they don't have to... <laughs> They only have to, so one of the stories, this is why DoorDash delivery workers usually prefer cash tips. Same reason servers prefer cash tips. You only have to claim so much on taxes. And, oh, I just wasn't that good, right? Like New York Times guarantees a minimum for each job. First door guaranteed is $6.85. The customer woman who answered the door in a colorful bathrobe tipped $3 via the app, but still received only six eighty-five. Customer posted, I'm a regular customer and I started doing cash tips because of this. Work. I'm hoping the word keeps getting out that the situation keeps improving. I'm surprised to learn that DoorDash tips takes the tip paid in the app but ensures a minimum payout to its delivery workers. Okay, so DoorDash takes the tip and they just guarantee a delivery so it's a steadier stream of income and it's not as volatile based on tips. This prompted to look at how tip delivery workers could bring food orders to your door from restaurants or bicycles. Here's an example of New York Times reporter experiencing Dover in New York City. The company guarantees a minimum amount for making delivery displayed for Dash acceptance or rejected delivery. Spokesperson, 15% of the time, customers don't leave any tip. So 85% of the time, they do leave a tip. DoorDash has mostly said that they always prefer cold, hard cash. Cash, 100%. One Redditor wrote, like a dasher in Silicon Valley, already explained that most dashers prefer cash for various reasons, although you could see some small problems. The only issue would be that you spend the earnings because it's more accessible instead of having it direct deposit, he wrote. He said robbery concerns don't even register. I mean, that, that's so true. If they guarantee you a minimum and you get a cash tip, 
then you're always guaranteed that minimum, regardless of the tip they otherwise would have put online. It's definitely going to you. So the cash tip will will be like uh, the Jimmy John's delivery. This is something I did in college. Jimmy John's delivery, I rode my bike, where the traditional delivery is by car. So I got my hourly rate. I then got my mileage rate for driving, which I use none of in gas. The whole point is gas and mileage for the depreciation on your vehicle. And then you get tip on top of that. So I was getting paid three times and I got to pocket all of the driving expense. Tip and cash always make better for me. Once they batch the receipts at night, then I'd have to wait for my payout till later. I wanted that cash now, right? Cash in my hand now is always better than uh, having to wait for it later unless you're investing it in some way, which was definitely not happening. <laughs> they were giving me a return on them keeping my cash, my tips. The article continues for some examples and, and how the breakdown would work money-wise. It makes sense. Looks like there's a conversation on Reddit. Uh, let's see. DoorDash story. Oh, what is it? Here we go. DoorDash. Receive cash tips. All right. All right. I think that's it for this week. Join me next week here at Chicken Cafe, Tuesday morning at 7.30. We'll talk for half an hour, grab some coffee, and then we'll head off to work, getting our day started, uh, connecting with some people, and getting the latest on uh, some tech and business stories. Yeah. Let's see. Let's post that one up on some Twitter. Yep. Great. How are you, YouTube? Take care. Onward. Onward.